and what I like about this concept of applied improvisation is that just like improvisation on stage, we don't have a script in life or business either. We have to think on our feet and adapt to that very quickly. What is up, People First Leaders? My name is Chris Lin, and I am your advocate and host for the Leading People First podcast, where we are set to transform the workplace. Make sure you're subscribed so you can hear more from awesome leaders around the world on the effect that leadership has on the employee experience. I don't know about you, but I found that leadership development tends to be incredibly rigid with a high emphasis on technical skills. And when that happens, we end up teaching rigid skill sets and that creates rigid employee experiences and processes. Kay Ross is a storyteller focused in marketing, performing, and healing, and is the creator of the Playground of Possibilities. In this episode, we talk about how leaders need to embrace change and go through leading without a script and really to explore new ways of being. So put on your explorer hat and let's dive on in. Hello, everyone, and welcome. And I am very excited to be bringing on today's guest, Kay Ross, who can be described by her friend Jillian Q. Whether Kay is performing on a stage or leading a group session, she has a clear sense of purpose and is able to take us along with her without it feeling forced or fake. A genuinely kind person whose playground of possibilities are both fun and meaningful. Kay, welcome to the Leading People First podcast. Wow. Thanks, Chris. Nice to be here. Absolutely. Well, let's just jump into it. What has inspired you this last week? Well, we've had the, in the past four days here in in Hong Kong, where I live, we've had the Chinese New Year celebrations. So just the, obviously with with COVID, we haven't had the normal big outdoor gatherings and, and, you know, meals at restaurants and things like that. But just every year, this is a very important cultural experience here in Hong Kong Uh, and um, we have the tradition of uh, giving licee packets which is money in a red envelope um, which um, is a traditional thing in in Chinese culture I'm sure you know and um, so I do that every year with the security guards in the apartment building where I live Uh, and so just that connection with them Every year, I mean, of course, I, I see them every day, but every year that that tradition, that ritual of appreciating their work all year round is is a really nice a nice thing part of living in Hong Kong. Yeah, that's fantastic. Mm. That's wonderful. I love hearing it, um, and it's it's great that you are able to appreciate them, right, and and mm-hmm. show that and that small gesture those small kind gestures go a long way for anyone, I think. Mm -hmm. So let's dive into the subject matter of today. And so let's go first with what does it mean to you to lead people first? It means treating people with respect, respect first, um, kindness, compassion, um, giving people the resources they need to do their jobs well efficiently effectively one thing I, I was thinking about that today is a lot of I see a lot of corporate websites where they say our people are our biggest asset and I hate that and that's really like assets are things that you buy and sell mm-hmm. you know like 
and, and, and you know, companies are very proud. They put on their website this that platitude, but how do they actually treat people in day-to-day work yeah. in the office? Um, that's more important than saying on your website that our people are our greatest asset. Uh, so it's treating people like, like human beings, not robots, and um, acknowledging that people have emotions and fears and dreams and hopes and aspirations and families and you know, <laughs> stuff that happens, you know, um, and, yeah, and a life outside of work. So it's it's respecting the whole person, um, acknowledging them, celebrating them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You know, as you're as you're describing that, I'm thinking about your work in improv, right, mm-hmm. and how we have to recognize who's on. You know, uh, for you as an improv actor, I, I've heard you talk about this: is you have to recognize who's on stage and what's happening on stage, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's I'm hearing that be very similar to what you just said on what it means to lead people first in the workplaces. You have to acknowledge everything that's happening in the workplace, good and bad, and, you know, not shying away from the bad. And I know that there's a lot of correlation or similarities between improvisation and the workplace, especially with leading people first. And there's these underlying improv principles that help people be more human at work. So how do leaders apply improvisation to the employee experience and leading people first? Yeah, well, the number one principle of improvisation, improv on stage without a script, we don't have a script, team of people playing together. The number one principle is the phrase we say we call yes and, yes and, which means you, the yes part of it means you accept what we call the offer on stage. You accept what the other person has said or done or even something that's happening in the room that you notice or you hear a police siren outside or whatever. So you accept the reality of what's in front of your face right now. The and part means you then build on it, you add to it. So the other thing about the yes part means not necessarily that you have to like or agree with what someone says, but you're at least willing to give it space, give them the opportunity to express their opinion, to say what they want to say. And then you you build on it instead of automatically responding with the yes but answer, which is very common in life and in, at work in particular. In a, in, a, in a staff meeting, there's always usually one person that's the yes but person. Yeah, certainly later in the process of decision making in a business, sometimes, yes, of course, you have to say no for all sorts of reasons. But if you want people to be creative and to offer ideas and to, to constantly be willing to offer ideas, it helps to have that yes and mentality and to, to see what's possibly good in an idea that someone offers at work or in life, anywhere. Yeah. And then delay the assessment and the filtering of those ideas until a little bit further down the track. 
But at first, you want to encourage and create a corporate culture where it's it's safe and and celebrated for people to offer their ideas, even in my seemingly crazy idea from out of left field. But that could turn into your next million dollar product or idea, business idea. Um, so so that's, that's then really the number one principle of improv. And then another one is, we've sort of touched on it already, but the way I would phrase it is make your teammates look good. So it's, it's about the team activity. And if I make my teammates look good and trust that they're doing the same for me, it creates a whole different kind of work corporate culture and business and work environment where people feel safe to suggest their ideas. Yeah. So I, I'm hearing a lot around safety and, and a lot around trust, which is something mm-hmm. that gets, unfortunately, I find violated in the day-to-day work of business. Yeah. So how do you build that safety and trust quickly, especially with uh, with new teams or if those mm. rules have been violated, how do you build that back up? Mm. Well, I guess I'm biased, but I would have to recommend um, do an improv workshop. There's people who can come in you know, online or in real life, depending on, on your situation, obviously. Um, there are people like me all around the world who can lead, facilitate, uh, an, an applied improvisation workshop, which is not, it's not about teaching people to perform improv. It's not about telling jokes and being funny. It's about using some improvisational exercises, activities to give people a visceral real life experience, a team experience of teamwork, leadership, communication, creativity, emotional intelligence, handling change, mistakes, failure, the unfamiliar, stepping into the unknown, uncertainty, having a a real-life visceral experience of that instead of just a theoretical lecture, that will give people some of the skills that they can then apply immediately back in the office. Yeah. And there's there's so-called soft skills of business. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, I I hate that term soft skills. Yeah, yeah people they're really honestly just people skills right and yes exactly and for you on the improv stage they're critical skills (laughs) absolutely yeah because because we don't have a script um and what I like about this concept of applied improvisation is that just like improvisation on stage we don't have a script in life or business either Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah things are changing in every moment and and uh we have to think on our feet and adapt to that very quickly yeah Absolutely. Well, your most recent work um, and something that you're, I know that you've been doing a lot is the playground of possibilities. And as yeah. I've been listening to more and reading more, it's very, very exciting. And you, and you shared quite a bit with me before. And it's something, you know, an idea that you've talked about that came from sitting on the couch and it just kind yeah. of exploded. You, you crowdfunded <laughs> it. Yes. You yes. Crowdfunded it. And, uh-huh. um, and it, it just kind of took off from there. So what were the major possibilities in your life that you recognized and then jumped into? Uh, well, yes, probably the biggest one was in 
September 1993, I packed a suitcase and quit my job in Adelaide. I grew up in Adelaide in Australia. And an opportunity arose to come to Hong Kong. And uh, I said yes. I said yes, yes, and. Um, and that was 27 years ago, and I'm still here in Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and and I still tend to approach life with a, um, a yes and improvisational mentality. And then in about 2013, I think it was when I first had the idea, this popped in, pop, idea popped into my head called The Playground of Possibilities. And I'd never heard that phrase before and I really liked it. And I... I've been interested in psychology and the brain and the mind for many, many years, fascinated by that. And so I thought, well, okay, so if the universe is constantly offering us opportunities, mm -hmm. uh, adventures, challenges, what is it that's stopping us from accepting those and acting on it? And I thought, well, it, it's our old limiting thoughts and beliefs and stories about ourselves in the world that stop us from even believing that something is possible for us or we have a belief that, that something is not possible for us. And then I thought, well, okay, I immediately thought I want to write, I want to create a card deck with 52 questions for us to ask ourselves to prompt us to choose more useful thoughts and beliefs and stories about ourselves and the world and every question starts with the phrase what would be possible for me if I so I immediately started writing out lots of questions and I still think of lots of questions every day but eventually eventually after much research and some procrastination and some more research I did do a crowdfunding campaign and created the card deck with 52 questions which I now use in workshops and one-on-one -on -one with people uh, and I've I've had really fantastic comments from people about how they use it. Like I, I know a lot of coaches and healers and therapists use it with their clients, um, and just ordinary people, families use it with their with their kids. Uh, teachers use it with students, and I, I've had really really fabulous feedback about it. And I think part of the reason I created it was as much for my own benefit to deal with, you know, that voice in my head that, that occasionally pops up and says, not good enough, not good enough. Well, it, the thing that I love about it is, is you just dove into it, even with that procrastination, right, is that mm -hmm. we all have these amazing ideas and the, you know, the ones, the, those of us who can just dive into it, mm -hmm. it just opens up so, so many doors what you know and there's so many again possibilities that mm -hmm. we can <laughs> run into and as you've used your deck i'm sure you've worked with a number of business leaders uh from around the world or maybe mm -hmm. just in hong kong but um i'm curious to hear how many leaders couldn't just couldn't allow themselves to dive into this to to open themselves up to po to possibility i Think I mean not just leaders, but all sorts of people. There are certainly some who are pretty fixed in their ways. You know, they're not really open to 
looking at things differently, seeing things differently. We all have habits that we've had for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, however long, that we think we can't change, mm-hmm. um, that are limiting us. And yet we feel like we have no, we might feel like we have no choice. It's just, oh, that's just the way I am. Um, so, I mean, I've had, I've had um, clients who are unsure which direction to go with their career. The questions help them with that. Um, I've had all sorts of people. Um, it's really, it's relevant for just about anybody, I think. But yeah. then, of course, I'm, I'm biased. But yeah. <laughs> from the feedback I've had, um, yeah. And I, I've also had, since I first created this deck, if this is about individuals doing it with them for themselves. Um, when I say what would be possible for me, I mean the positive results, what positive results would be possible. And I'm, I'm in the process of developing a deck that would be more specifically aimed at, at teams in companies or organisations where the question would be for them to work on together and ponder together is what would be possible for us if we did something as a team, as a company, as an organization. Yeah. yeah. I can't yeah. wait for that. I can't wait for that deck personally. That one okay, would be good. fantastic. Yeah. Um, you. you know, moving past, uh, you know, individuals who can't or who couldn't necessarily open themselves up and had those mm-hmm. limiting beliefs. I'm sure there's maybe one or two stories of individuals who just really leaned into it and you were like, wow, like this was amazing. Can you share some of those stories and, you know, Ooh, how was yeah. it, you know, I would love to hear just what happened. How did they kind of really lean into it? And mm-hmm. if you've heard from them since, maybe what's happened with them and since they've embraced that. Mm. I, I get so many emails and comments from people, but it might be just a little, a few sentences. They don't necessarily go into a great deal of detail. Uh, I, I have people say things like um, that they'll pick a card every day. So it's not just something you do once. It's, you know, you can use it every day or 10 times a day if you want, or once a week, whatever, pick a theme for the week. But people tell me they they use it every day, like first thing in the morning. Um, you know, one person said it was it's the best, best, best thing, you know, to start the day with. Uh, other people use it last thing at night as well. I've had people use it with their kids. I think people use it, I, I've, I've, tend to find that people use it not just for one particular issue but but each day if they pick a different question they're working on different parts of their personality or their behavior uh, so it they can apply it in many different aspects of their life whether it's a relationship or 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 their finances or their health or their spiritual life or, or their work life their their leadership role in you know in every role they play in life, it's it's very versatile. You can use it in many different ways. Oh, and I had one interesting experience with with one guy, uh, uh, an American guy who lives here in Hong Kong, but his wife still lives in America because she doesn't like Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. And he told me that uh, I met I met him, so he bought one for me here in Hong Kong, and was using it for himself. And he told me that he has a phone call, a Zoom call with his wife. Every night, Hong Kong time, he has a call with his wife and she's in America and and he will shuffle the deck and pick a card with a question and together they'll discuss the question as a couple 
and he says it's a really good good way for them to maintain their intimacy as a couple, even though they're not physically together at the moment. Yeah. That's a, that's a great story. Yeah. I mean, again, there's a lot of application. It doesn't have to just be in the workplace. It doesn't have to yeah. be in a workshop, right? There's so <laughs> many aspects where you, this can, <laughs> this can apply. And that's what I've, yeah. that's what I personally really like about it. Right. And I'm sure and I've, I've found too with um, uh, I've done some workshops with, with coaches all different executive coaches, life coaches, that, that kind of people. I lead them through, you know, using the card deck, but also some improvisational exercises. And I tell them that they can they can use the, the card deck and the improvisational exercises with their clients. But also because most of them that I know, coaches here in Hong Kong, and I'm sure elsewhere as well, they're self-employed. And so they can apply these principles and the, the, the card deck, the, the ideas of the concept behind the card deck and the questions, it's equally relevant to the way they behave and think as the boss and manager of their own business, how they behave as a, as a coach, the, the way they have the, the initial conversation with a potential client, the way they market themselves, as well as the way they behave when they're in the in the room or in the Zoom call within a coaching session with a client. Yeah, I think I think that's that's really important that they can use it in in, in all aspects of their business. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So mm-hmm. I did have one question or you know on the I have a question about the questions in the deck. I yeah. mean, how do people truly advance and explore the possibilities if they may not have an idea of what the card is asking? For example, you know, there's one card that asks what would be possible if I healed my relationship with money? Mm-hmm. What if the person who's reading that either thinks that they have a healthy relationship with money mm-hmm. or they don't understand what a healthy relationship with money actually is? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, the the point of the questions is is not just to read the question and think, oh, yes, that's a, an interesting question, but to to take action on it. You know, like what what could I do? What are the possibilities? What possible avenues, pathways, actions could I take to do this thing? Heal my relationship with money. Now, now, yes, sometimes people might say, I've had experiences of people who pick a card and they they see absolutely no relevance to their life. Mm-hmm. Like uh, either I've got that handled or it's not an issue or they just don't see the relevance of that to their life. Well, okay, fine. If, if, if that's what they believe, sure. And I would still encourage them to just dive, delve a little bit deeper and say, hmm, okay, is there something I'm not seeing yet about my life and how I behave and think? The, so the, the questions sometimes prod a little bit, close to home you know sometimes it can be a bit uncomfortable but I do encourage people to to really think about well okay how does this apply to my life and what would be possible it's about opening up your imagination and and seeing new possibilities bigger possibilities for yourself than you might normally habitually have done Um, so it, it is designed very much to prompt you and prod you to take action and, and do or th- do something or think differently about your life 
and uh, and the way you behave and think and um, uh, choosing more useful, resourceful ways of being. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's where improv comes in as well because it's about experimenting or improvising with with new ways of being, more useful, yeah. joyful, resourceful ways of being. The thing I love about it, uh, like you said, is it, uh, you are forced to think about whatever the question is asking on a deeper level, mm. right? Is mm. you're, you're yeah. forced to kind of come to terms with yourself. And that's what I really yeah. like is, is it's forcing this self-reflection and honesty with yeah. the individual. Inviting. Yes. Inviting. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. how has, oh, go ahead. The people who tend to buy the deck and use the deck are people who are already interested in personal development and growth mm-hmm. and healing. Um, if someone is totally skeptical, skeptical and thinks it's a load of BS, well, that's okay. I, it's not for everybody. I mean, of course, I would love it if everybody did use it, but you know, there's a target market of people I know who who like this kind of thing, and that's. That's okay with me. That's you know that's a big enough market for me. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I don't. I'm not trying to convert everybody on the planet because I don't have the energy for that. Um, so, but I know there's enough people out there who are interested in personal development and uh, and growth and healing who are willing to experiment with with new, more more useful ways of being. Well, you know, in finding new ways of being, I'm curious, how has this process and journey allowed you to become or invited you to become more honest and self-reflective with yourself? Well, I think of new questions every day. I post a new question every day on on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, So not just the 52 questions in the card deck, but I keep based on stuff that's happening in my own life things I see and observe and things I hear things I'm reading I you know two o'clock in the morning I have an inspiration oh there's a really good question to write it down um so for me that's my daily discipline I guess and ritual and a new habit habit now is is um that I write the new questions just as much for myself as for anybody else and I find that when when I ask the question, what would be possible for me if I or anybody asks themselves the question, your brain can't help but start thinking of answers to the question, thinking of the positive possibilities. So I find it really helps to, to think of all the positive possibilities instead of worrying about all the possible negative things that could happen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so, so for me, that's, a, that is a def, definite, um, a helpful discipline that I do every day. Um, and I, so I use the cards for myself all the time. Uh, sometimes I'll just at random, I'll, I'll pick up the deck and shuffle the deck and I'll say, I'll say to the universe, okay, universe, what's the question for me today? And shuffle the deck and oops, up will pop. Sometimes the card will just literally fall out of the deck and and an interesting question will pop up and I think "Hmm, that's interesting how does that apply to what's going on for me right now so it's a tool it's a tool for for personal development and growth um 
that that I use every day. Yeah, being open individually as as people, being open and practicing curiosity, practicing this mm-hmm. exploration, can just allow our brains to just open up and think and just. I mean, there's so many times for myself. I don't know about you, but I I go running every day and. Mm-hmm that's kind of my exploration possibility time. Mm-hmm. And that's when I come up with like the most ideas or the most questions. Um, you know, when I, whenever I research podcast guests like yourself, you know, I'm listening to any podcast that they've been on and that's when all of these questions kind of generate. And so yes. I, you know, I just want to say, you know, personally, I can attest to the fact that just being curious and open to possibility has so many, uh, so, so many benefits. Yeah. There's so many things that are out there that you, you and it's can fun. Use. It's fun and exciting to be open to possibilities. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, I, I want to ask a little bit because I found this very interesting is that you had trained in body harmony. Uh huh. And which is, you know, how you have said is where your history is stored and expressed in your physical body. And I would definitely agree with that notion that with the notion for us, especially here in Western cultures, that there's a really big disconnect between mind, body, and heart. Yeah. So why do you think it's important for leaders and, you know, just generally individuals to recognize the importance of connecting ourselves back together and how can they do that? Yeah. Well, Firstly, yes, you're absolutely right. Connecting mind, body, spirit, everything together is is very helpful, very useful, very important, I think. Because we're not just our brain, you know, we don't just live in our head. Oh, well, some people do, yes, and, and that's not very healthy. When you're fully embodied in, in your body and you're aware of the messages that your body is sending you, your physical and emotional messages that your body is sending you, it gives you really important, useful feedback about about your behaviour, about your health, about every aspect of your being. So, yeah, I, I think it's incredibly important. And, and if you're going to be an effective leader in a business, you're much more credible and inspiring and charismatic if you if the way you behave is authentic the way you communicate is authentic and and your words and your body are congruent Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah it's very important and there's there's you know a thousand different possible methodologies that people could use to explore that, you know, maybe you, maybe you do Tai Chi, maybe you do Reiki. You, you know, there's, there's a million of them. Pick the one that works for you. If it's if for you, if it's running, great, do that. Yeah. 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 There again, a lot of, a lot of different practices. It's not mm-hmm. like there's one set way. I think, you know, people are always looking for like, Oh, well, what's that like quick fix? What is that? Mm-hmm. You know, what yeah. is that one yeah. thing that works? I, I just <laughs> want to know what works. And it's like, no, you, this is truly an exploration. You, you, it's, it's different a, things work for different people. It's a lifelong journey and process. You don't just do it once and then, okay, I'm fixed now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that would be that would be nice but uh yeah unfortunately it doesn't work that way it's the journey that's fun and exciting and going on the adventure you know uh, of exploring what it is to be a human again that sense of exploration is something that's lost, especially in business, right? And you Mm -hmm. said it earlier, you've said it, I've heard you say it in other talks is, you know, there's, there's something really important about stepping into unknown and Mm -hmm. allowing yourself to be in that state of improvisation and just mystery Uh rather than, you know, rather than going by the script or by the book. And Uh I, you know, as I keep, keep hearing that, I'm like, man, this is so relevant to managers in the workplace because they are by the book, they are trying to follow best practices and Mm. just have something be repeatable. Right. And it's led to this culture of just kind of blah and the employee experience just ends up being, you know, very stale. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we get managers to, you know, really move from that exploration into action of stepping into the unknown and embracing change? Uh, I'll say it again. Take an improv class. <laughs> <laughs> Invite you know, encourage them to take an improv class. Um, uh, again, not not in order to perform improv. That's not what it's about. But it's about learning and applying the principles and mindset of of improvisation of of how a team of players do what they do together on stage without a script. When you know everything's changing in every moment and and they don't know what's going to happen next they don't know what the end of the story is going to be but they find it together yeah by, by improvising yeah beautiful yeah. well as, as we wrap up i would love to hear what is the impact that you are looking to have uh, around those you lead i want to inspire people to to be kinder to each other to just function more effectively and and joyfully and with a bigger purpose than just their own selfish needs and desires yeah. um, and to just to treat each other better and to heal their broken heart and broken spirit and broken body perhaps um, to thrive instead of just survive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I love I love uh, how you say that because Aziza Jalaluddin said yes. that Kay is, has a very giving heart and she's known you for 10 years now, always admired mm-hmm. her for her fighting spirit. It's not easy being for, in a foreign land for so many years and making it through with global connections. She always mm-hmm. inspires me. So Aziza, wow. thank you for the kind words. And the, yes. the other thing that I wanted to, the other person's, uh, praise that I wanted to share with you was Sean Mulvihill, who said, oh, yeah? when I think of Kay, the first word that comes to mind is dedication. Her ah. being in the UK puts her at 12 hours time difference from the US. Uh, and that's in very Hong helpful. Kong. In, in or, Hong Kong. Yeah, sorry, sorry. In Hong Kong. Yep. And yet here she is joining us at, uh, for jams at various times of the day when most other people would be sleeping. She's so dedicated to community building that she uh-huh. won't let any obstacle stop her from her mission. And so thank wow. you for continuing to, you know, work your mission and, and putting in that time and effort and building that community. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you so much. I think, I think um, that's, I, I didn't know that you'd spoken to Sean. Thank you. And, and Aziza, thank you. Um, in my TEDx talk, I think I said something about uh, uh, 
one of the things that inspired me about creating or inspired me to create the card deck is because of my own personal experience, childhood experiences of a totally dysfunctional, abusive family, father in particular. And so part of the reason I became interested in, in healing and then also came up eventually with the concept of the playground of possibilities is that it breaks my heart when I see people in pain the way I was. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you again, Kay. I, I really appreciate it. I know we didn't even get into that topic of uh, your upbringing and how it affected who you are today. Maybe that's something we explore in a follow-up episode, but I really yeah. appreciate uh-huh. you coming on. What would you like our listeners to do next? Oh, um, take an improv class. <laughs> <laughs> um just be willing to see things differently, whatever's going on in their life, whatever issues are going on in their life. Maybe there's a different way of looking at it, um, being being open to, to opportunities, possibilities, adventures, challenges, um, and being willing to experiment with new ways of being. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And of course, I'd love them to buy a card deck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, make sure, yeah, check out the card deck. It's awesome. Um, and that's, uh, and if they're not following you on, on Facebook, that's something that I've personally enjoyed is just seeing these questions pop up every day. It's like, uh-huh. oh, yes. that's a cool question. Yes. So, uh-huh. okay. Thank you again so much for coming on the podcast. It was great talking Chris. to you and yes. exploring all of the possibilities that we have in our lives. Yeah. Thank you, Chris, for inviting me. It's been great fun. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Leading People First podcast. If you're ready to apply improvisation as a leader, I am pretty sure you know who to go to. If you liked this episode, click subscribe and hit that share button to send it to someone who is ready to explore new ways of being. Let's keep this conversation going by telling me what you learned or loved from this episode on LinkedIn or Instagram. Thanks again for tuning in. Keep leading people first and stay awesome.